Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Cat. I'm always angry. One more word, and I will feed you to my children. I'm kidding, we are vegetarians. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Rose, when we're going, we don't need Rose. I feel the need for need for speed. These cards are 11. How do you like them, Matt? The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You're going to need a bigger potion. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. We love some movie characters, and sometimes the best way to get into the characters we love most is to dig deep into their motives, their calling, their sense of self, and talk about what they really, really want. This is movie typing, where we select, engage, and unveil the intentions and drive of the greatest characters on film. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado. With me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and personality typing expert. Hello. Today we are concluding our initial adventure of yeah. looking at the Enneagram types. Part two. Avengers. Part two. So speaking of part twos, yeah. do you have a favorite part two of a superhero series. So there's lots of superhero movies yeah. that set up the character, but then part two drops. Yeah. There's lots of great movies, yeah. like legitimately great number two movies. And then there's, there's some that are kind of fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And uh, wait, wait, what's your favorite part two? Uh, I split here between Batman Returns. Yeah. And The Dark Knight. Because The Dark Knight is such a fantastic movie. But Batman Returns is like, <laughs> this is part of my childhood. This is my upbringing. I, I have yeah. such intense memories of watching Batman Returns as a child. Are you a Tim Burton fan? I'm a huge Tim Burton fan. Because yeah. he, he did the original yeah. Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah. And then he decided to Tim Burton out on that second one. That first movie killed it yeah. financially, so I get to do whatever I want. Yeah, I guess that's right. The the clowns on the motorcycles. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> but seriously, Danny DeVito is the penguin. I don't even know why anyone else tries. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. The best villain is not the penguin. The best villain is not Catwoman in that movie. No, it's Max Shrek. Bottom line, she tries to blackmail me. I'll drop her out a higher window. That's one of the best villain lines yep. Yep. there is. Yep. <laughs> okay, so you are entirely correct to put, uh, here's my childhood, and mm-hmm. I love me some Batman Returns. Yeah. But clearly, The Dark Knight is arguably the best comic book movie ever. Holy cow, that movie is so good. When thinking of superhero trilogies, yeah. I just go with Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. That movie is so long. Yeah. You cut it after the Joker escapes from 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 the jail, blows yeah, up sure. the dude's stomach. Yeah. And then just assume that the second half is another movie. Huh. And it's actually one of the best superhero <laughs> yeah, trilogies sure. ever. Because then Batman releases as the Dark Knight. And yeah. he has that that very Jesus moment. I'm taking the sins of the city on top of me. I'm going out. Oh, it's sure. so good. But I suppose he has to have a resurrection, so yeah, that's how Dark Knight rises. Right. Part twos. Yeah. So the Enneagram is often symbolized by nine numbers in a circle. And here we pick a topic and we go around the circle. And today we are concluding our discussion of the Avengers types. What are we on? Types uh, seven, eight, nine, and one. And we spend a lot of time on these because most of the characters we agreed on mm-hmm. were these types. Yeah. So with that, we're starting with the sevens. I imagine we have, there's an obvious seven. So the one that, that we're going to disagree on is Thor. Oh, you got Thor as a seven. Yeah. Star-Lord. Star-Lord. 
let's talk about no Star-Lord. question i think that's that is uh you hire chris pratt for that character yep who is a seven seven yep He's yep in- silly all over the place doesn't listen to anyone yep. likes to tell stories adventurous guy yep uh uninhibited not gonna not gonna be kept yeah. Um, talk about the motivations of a seven. Uh, sevens are looking to avoid pain and negative experiences by uh, finding more and more uh, positive experiences. There is a avoidance of pain. Mm-hmm. So you hire Chris Evan, uh, Chris Pratt. Pratt, thank you, to to play that. Yeah. <laughs> There's Not an Evans, Evans or Hemsworth. Hemsworth. <laughs> uh, you Chris, Chris Pratt. You get Chris Pratt in there in. What's interesting to me is that's entirely that character's arc. His mom dies early. Yeah, he literally runs away. Yeah. Yeah. And then he basically gets his own spaceship, and he never goes back. He hasn't been back to Earth, has he? Ooh, that's interesting. I didn't talk about that. Talk about the headphones, because the headphones end up being interesting to me in terms of, I don't know where this goes with a seven. So he ends up, they escape from prison, Mm -hmm. but he goes to get the headphones. Yeah. Because it's the only positive thing he has left from his relationship with his mom. Oh, it's a positive. There it is. It's yeah. a positive thing from his relationship. God, that's good. Okay. He seems to be the schemer. He talks about plans all the time. Yep. Even when his plans aren't any good. And Rocket calls him out because Rocket's an eight. And tell, <laughs> tells him how awful his plans are. He's a schemer. Yeah. What are we going to do? A little bit of good, a little bit little of bad? A little bit of good, a little bit of both. <laughs> Um, the character arc for him, yeah, ends up being he loses his family at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He gains this is of the first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, loses his family at the beginning, gains a family at the end. Yeah, that seems to me just kind of an obvious trajectory. But it's there is an embracing of pain in that last scene that seems to me real interesting for mm-hmm. a seven. And it's one of the great scenes in the MCU. I look around at us, you know what I see? Losers. I mean, like, folks who have lost stuff. And he he has a hard time articulating pain. Yeah. And we have, man, we have, all of us. Our homes, our families, normal lives. Usually life takes more than it gives, but not today. Today it's given us something. It has given us a chance. To do what? To give a shit for once, not run away. I, for one, am not going to stand by and watch as Ronan wipes out billions of innocent lives. Look, Will, you're asking us to die. Yeah, I guess I am. And there's a, like, there is a move into the place of pain. I will be grateful to die among my friends. You are an honorable man, Quill. I will fight beside you. And in the end, see my wife and daughter again. I am And this is, I think, one of the more interesting lines from Rocket is... Oh, what the hell? I don't got that long a lifespan anyway. Now I'm standing. You all happy? We're all standing up now. Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. That I've, that whole scene is another one that just it just crushes it. Yeah. Um, but the what the line? Yeah, I guess I am. It's embracing the the pain. Mm-hmm. Seems to me, on his growth side of things, he still is a very immature character. Yeah. Even after two films. Yeah. And Infinity War. Right. And I imagine that there's lots of space for that. And they're obviously going to continue to kind of build into those characters, Mm -hmm. both with their Guardians 3 movie, but I imagine any future, you know, team-up movies. But affirming that we care in a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. And for Sevens, affirming that you care deeply for the people around you and are committed to their happiness 
is a great good for for sevens. Some yeah. of the best sevens I know end up really being enthusiastic and energetic mm-hmm. for the happiness of the people around them. Yeah. Um, and 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 in like measure, end up feeling a lot themselves. Uh, any other sevens on your list? Uh, Valkyrie. And I had Valkyrie also. Yeah. I didn't get for all of the same reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's it's so true. Yeah. What's interesting about Valkyrie is, and I didn't do the study, um, but I had I had noted that character. She is being commissioned to go back and be Queen of Asgard, didn't she? Isn't that how uh mm-hmm. Thor's arc kind of moves? Yeah. I thought that was interesting because Sevens as leaders, I think, are real interesting. Mm-hmm. Not much uh, there aside from she obviously in in Ragnarok is an alcoholic mm-hmm. and uh, and running away from her pain. Yeah, and, yeah. and she she has that same kind of sense of humor mm-hmm. as uh, Star Lord does. Yeah, um, adventurous, crass Joker seems to be a fun loving personality. Has an infantile side to herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aggressive for sure. All right, well let's go to eights. Who you got as your first eight? Nick Fury. So in previous podcasts, one of us said that we thought Nick Fury was a six. We don't have to name any names. But but. that person has moved (laughs) off that opinion, (laughs) given extensive study of the topic. (laughs) Here's, here's, Here's my number one argument against Nick Fury being a six. Do it. Nick Fury is not afraid of aliens. He's sick of these mother effing aliens <laughs> on his mother effing planet. So I've been holding on to that for weeks. <laughs> the aggressive posture, not earning posture, was mm-hmm. was what got me. So that's part of uh, an eight's stance is they demand authority yeah. as opposed to earning security. And that was the thing that clinched it for me. But we'll get to, to stances in a minute. What's the motivation of an eight? Uh, motivation is to uh, um, not be controlled, to not let vulnerability or weakness out into the world to protect themselves and protect others. So that usually looks like them being in control. One of the more interesting things about Nick Fury is is the eye patch yeah. visually. Yep. It is a sign of weakness, mm-hmm. but I don't know that anyone interprets it as a sign of weakness. Because that dude is scary That's looking. Exactly what yeah. it is. My favorite is uh, when the the cops roll up next to him in Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and he looks at him and he says, "Want to see my lease?" Like yeah. like they're questioning him, and then they blow up his car. Yeah, but um, it's a good little <laughs> nudge aside. Yeah. Um, he's dealt with this before. He is motivated by being. In strong and in control, yep. and if aliens are pouring through the atmosphere, yeah, he has the strength to take care of and protect Earth <laughs> because he knows what dangers are lying ahead. My favorite conversation is between he and Loki. Mm-hmm. He says, "How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. There's control issues. Yeah, you talk about peace and you kill because it's fun." You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. It burns you to have come so close. To have the Tesseract, to have power, unlimited power, and for what? A warm light for all mankind to share. And then to be reminded what real power is. And so he he has exposed, he wants control, he Mm -hmm. wants power, Mm -hmm. and fury dismisses it and says well let me know if real power wants a magazine or something because Loki's in prison at this point <laughs> Yeah. anyway the motives for Nick the thing that actually hit me was in Winter Soldier he's having a conversation with uh, Steve Rogers about his grandfather do mm-hmm. you remember this Yep. his grandfather is a elevator operator who goes home with a bag full of money mm-hmm. and would routinely get people coming up to him to say what's in the bag and he would open the bag and there would be a you know a 22 yeah. in the bottom of the bag and yeah. it was like he has a radar for power and yeah. a radar for control yep. and that's his routine posture yep. is pushing against all of the boundaries and mm-hmm. saying what's going to hold Ain't nobody going to tell that guy what to do. That's it. Yeah. 
the stance of an eight mm-hmm. is is um, aggressive it's to demand autonomy. Yeah. Where do you see that in this character? Oh, I see it's all over the place with him. He's uh, his relationship to the world council that's supposed to be in charge of him, the way that he fakes his own death when when Hydra takes over shield um the way that he is operating and moving all of the pieces from the sideline from the shadows once everyone thinks that he's dead and he'll step into the forefront when it only to reveal that he is still completely in control mm. I'd be curious if he has a character arc or is he more of a narrative device in a lot of these movies? I would argue that he's a narrative device, but you need to see Captain Marvel. As an eight, and this would be true of a lot of eights, they're going to grow when they release their anger and rage and need for vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see that in that character? Oh, yeah. It comes out sometimes. Like You Where- see him sort of recognizing that he's... It's it's time for the work that he's done to be handed over to other people. Mm, yeah. So when he steps out, this is this kind of doesn't count because it's Agents of Shield. But when he steps out of Shield and hands over leadership to Coulson, mm-hmm. um, when he uh, sort of disappears and says, "I'm I'm gonna go retire." I don't remember what he says, but I'm picturing the the stocking cap. Yeah, and he puts on sunglasses. He takes off his eye patch and puts on sunglasses, and he's like, "I'm, I'm gonna just go be a regular guy for a little while, and uh-huh. like someone else is now in charge of the thing that I created." Is it the case in Captain Marvel? Eights in security will move to two. Will uh, will reflect the healthy qualities of two and and become less about can. Um, protecting themselves and become more helper personalities. Does that come out in his character? He seems like that's exactly his narrative place in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Because he, he is almost entirely, he is her sidekick. Yeah. Okay. So is he a sidekick or is he Obi-Wan Kenobi in that movie? Oh, he's her sidekick. Oh, really? It's awesome. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. I'm excited to see the movies. Yeah. His move, and this is true of a lot of characters in these movies, when they're either forced or surrender to, I'm going to be part of the family, the team, mm-hmm. the community, mm-hmm. that's actually the place where they grow. Yeah. I think that is the Avengers initiative. Mm. Because Nick Fury does not have the power oh. to stop the aliens. Yeah. But he knows how to get the right people. He knows that he needs other people. Yep. Then that actually makes him a healthier eight. Yeah, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I'm going to bring them together, but it's not me. Mm. The thing that I consistently recognize in eights, and if there are going to be characters that are made this way, finding the soft inner core mm-hmm. of an eight I think is real helpful. But yeah. I, don't ever, I don't know that I see that in Nick Fury's character. He seems like he's a lot of exterior energy that's aggressive. And don't mess with me. And the sar- the soft marshmallowy inside. I would to detect. point you in the direction of Age of Ultron. Okay. At Hawkeye's secret house, so they they all go because they've been thoroughly beaten. Yeah. And they go to look in their wounds. Hawkeye's uh, hitherto unknown. Yeah. Uh, home and Hawkeye's family. South Dakota estate, yeah, somewhere in the middle middle of nowhere, nowhere. and uh, (laughs) they ask Tony to to go look at their tractor, and Tony's like fiddling around with the tractor, and then Fury comes out of the shadows. He's like, "Hey, oh, that's right, he's in the garage." Yeah, and Tony's like, "You're pretty spry for a dead guy." Yeah. Yeah. So that that scene, and then the the scene immediately after that is Fury, sort of like him acting sort of as a director role, but everyone's in plain clothes in Hawkeye's kitchen and like talking about like, what do we do? And well, this is good times boss, but I was kind of hoping when I saw you, you'd have more than that. I do. I have you. (laughs) Plan B. I do have a plan. It's you guys. We don't have a plan B. We're going with plan A. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So good. Did, uh, 
Now, I've heard tell, and I suppose I see this in the in-game footage, that Captain Marvel is also an eight. Oh, she's pure eight. So you got a buddy cop film. Yep. Is that how that works with yeah. two eights? Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's um, Nick Fury isn't Nick Fury yet. It's also his origin story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Might have film. an eye injury in that movie. It happened in that movie. <laughs> you see it. This is it's great. I, that was the one thing going in that I suppose. Oh, okay. We're gonna find out yeah. how did this how did this it's all good. go down. It's really good. Yeah. Boom. Um, I don't think he brings his full eightness to bear. Yeah. In in that film, um, because he's still learning who he is. Well, okay. Talk about that in terms of personality types. Mm-hmm. You're not bringing your full eightness to yeah. the table. So he still has a lot of energy. He has um, a lot of his aggressive. He, that's still present for him. But in that film, it's it. Nick Fury, as we have come to know him, is the guy who has all of the secrets. He knows all of the things, and he's totally in charge. And you are not going to be able to get into his head or to get him to do something that he doesn't want to do. And um, he, I don't think that in Captain Marvel, I don't think he has the same kind of, his power does not have this, have reach. Um, so Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., is all powerful. Mm. Nick Fury in Captain Marvel is not all powerful. He still has the same energy. Yeah. But it's not the same kind of scope of yeah. his eightness. Uh, do you have anyone else on your eight list? I do. Who you got? Uh, Thanos. You got Thanos as I an put eight. Thanos okay. as an eight. We should talk about this. So I I skipped all the villains, but I had Thanos typed as a one, and I suppose I can do things off the top of my head for the, for that. So let's talk about that. Okay. Why do you think Thanos is an eight? It's all about power and control. It's all about making a perfect universe. He's the only one that knows the right way, though. Because he's in stress, and so he goes to four. Or... Because four, four is... A, the one's in stress, uh, therefore fourness is exuded in... Uh, I'm the only one that understands this problem. Sure. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. Uh, or I'm the only one who has a complete picture, which is eight going to five. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. My take on him was that his perfectionism comes out in his abuse of his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of, the, some of and we'll get to this when we get to uh, Nebula's uh, typing, but she is an abused daughter, and the way he abuses her is to cut off body parts mm-hmm. in order to say you're not good enough. And that strikes me as a very one-ish very unhealthy one-ish sure. way to do things. And obviously, likewise saying, look, we need to have a universe that has this much resources for this many people seems like an idealistic way of looking at the world. Mm-hmm. So those would be my arguments. Eight. And I would say that he abuses Nebula because uh, he thinks that his abuse of her is going to make her stronger. Not better, does he, stronger. Does he care about me? Well, okay, <laughs> Do eight so eights would care that their children are strong, yeah, and I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Talk about that for a minute because I've seen eight parents who do not have eight children mm-hmm. and the desire to it's it's still about protection and and it it is important to me as the eight that I am protected, so obviously I would teach you how to protect yourself as well. Yeah, it's this is the highest value for me is to be strong and and in control. So why wouldn't you want that as well as my child? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, going to the Hirits book, uh, the the mistyping. Uh, is frequent between ones and eights. Mm-hmm. Ones and eights are both part of the body triad yeah. and struggle with anger. The anger is either going to go outward or it's going to go inward, but obviously the yeah. cr- the the anger of ones can spill from their own self-critique into the world around them. And they also ha- both have a very strong sense of their own rightness. Yeah. yeah. So the rightness is the actually the first thing in this mistyping guide 
is Thanos saying this is the right way or this is my way? Both. The my way actually this the eight answer. It's I am inevitable yeah. side of things feels like a my way thing. Mm-hmm. Does he convince or impose? Impose. I'm gonna lose this one. <laughs> <laughs> Does he focus on uh, morality or focus on power? Power. Abstract or visceral? Of totally visceral. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. lose this one. Okay, so <laughs> objective or subjective? Subjective. Why why you say subjective? I picked that one because I know it's the A one. Because <laughs> you're not being I, I wasn't quick talk. enough to to figure out the, the <laughs> process, the difference between objective and subjective. Yeah, I I think it's the case that ones want to uh deal with problems rationally out there mm-hmm. and eights want to deal with problems emotionally in here. If you were to pick one of those. Well, in that case, I would say rationally out there. Yay! He's convinced that he's, this is the only possible way. One for five. That's a 200 bagging average. Okay, so concern for humanity or concern for their people? Their people. Actually, he snaps without regard. Right, but... And and their people gets thrown off the edge of a cliff in one of those movies. It's all because... His planet got destroyed for that reason. Uh, okay. Ashamed of their anger, proud of their anger. <laughs> There's no such thing as shame. Moral justice or revenge? Revenge. Who's he revengeful against? Well, I guess His people. In, yeah. In the, Titan. Oh, there you go. In game, he comes across as vengeful. Cerebral or physical? Yeah, physical. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to stop? <laughs> um, yeah, that's okay. Uh, so we're going to chuck Thanos up to eight. It's all about power. Uh, any other eights? Gamora. Oh, you got Gamora as an eight. Yeah. I couldn't type Gamora. I I think it's tricky. Um, but I, I see her, the way that she behaves in the world is it's very much about power, control, not showing him uh, vulnerability or weakness. Um, and and when she so Infinity War when she uh, shows up to nowhere and and like attacks Thanos and, and stabs him and kills him she immediately breaks down crying because she essentially just killed her father yeah and then the feeling that comes out of the scene as Thanos reveals himself and reveals that he's already destroyed nowhere and she has killed nobody. It's like the, the way that she is so devastated at that. She's not devastated that she didn't kill Thanos. She's devastated that her weakness was shown. I had her all over the place in terms of the numbers that resonated for me were four and one and like four with a real heavy three wing Mm -hmm. because she's real competitive, but she strikes me as a withdrawn character that's being pulled out of her withdrawnness by Mm -hmm. the seven in her life. I don't think she's competitive at all. So here's the only quote I have. Okay. Is from Nebula. Uh Uh-huh. You were the one who wanted to win and I just wanted a sister. You were all I had. You were the one who needed to win. Thanos pulled my eye from my head and my brain from my skull and my arm from my body because of you. And that strikes me as there's the that's the competitive side yeah, at that's least. That's great. Yeah. And she has moved into that place above Nebula. I mm-hmm. suppose like looking at their story from above, mm-hmm. she well, has they've they've been in competition. Also consider that that's Nebula's take. Okay, yeah. Well, what's the self-preservation side then? Is that about not showing vulnerability or weakness in front of Thanos? Oh, okay. Oh, is it could it be then that Thanos sees himself in this kid? Absolutely. And that's that's why that's, that's right. why he has a connection he, to her. Yeah, because he wants her to sit on the throne. Because she's a fighter. Because yeah. So eight. In that situation, Thanos is obviously a ridiculously unhealthy personality. Mm-hmm. Simply wants to replicate himself yep. in this I'll show you how to adopted be daughter. As domineering as I am. 
Uh, come on. All right. Um, I had uh, my two favorite eights, and I didn't write down a bunch of the quotes, are Okoye and uh, Mbako from uh, from the Black Panther movie. Mm, great. Um, the, Mbaku has one of the better lines in all the MCU, which is uh, he's talking to the, what the the Hobbit, the token he's, he's, white guy. He's he's, he's, he's talking yeah. to Bilbo Baggins, who's in yeah. his throne room. One more word, and I will feed you to my children. To which Bilbo Baggins, like, is horrified, and he says, "I'm kidding. We are vegetarians." <laughs> But that also, there is something about, I'm the one in control here. Yep. I'm in power. And of, of all things, eights are commonly called the challenger. Yeah. And that's actually his narrative function at the beginning. He's the one that's going to challenge um, T'Challa for the, for the throne mm-hmm. um, of Wakanda. And so when he comes down for that fight, he says, It's challenge day. We have watched and listened from the mountains. We have watched with disgust as your technological advancements have been overseen by a child who scoffs at tradition. And now you want to hand the nation over to this prince who could not keep his own father safe. We will not have it. I say we will not have it, oh. I, Mbaku, leader of the Jabari with- I accept your challenge. The idea of the challenger Mm -hmm. is obviously all over that. But there's also the, I see the weakness in you. And he has a radar for the weakness and he pushes into the, to the weakness of the other. Yeah. You see, he strikes me as a great eight character. Um, One, because he is at first kind of the, the villain, but he's not going to be, he's going to be the initial challenge that T'Challa has to just show that, T'Challa has some strength. Yeah. But he becomes such a great character, it mm-hmm. seems to me, as that um, very healthy eight yeah. who becomes a helper. Yeah. And throughout the rest of Every um, time we stories, see him after that scene, yeah. he is coming to the aid of everyone else. And yeah. just a robust, knows who he is, yep. Yep. man um, who... I, whenever he's on screen, that that actor, just I'm I'm always energized by. That's a healthy person. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and then the Okoye character, I think, yeah. is also just fantastic. Yeah. One of the things about the Black Panther movie that was fantastic, uh, I, I found extraordinary. I was listening to NPR's take on it, and they were like, oftentimes in movies, when there is a black female, mm-hmm. you remember her as the black female, right? And in your mind, that's who this is, right? But why? One of the things for pop culture in particular, especially for white culture, and obviously I come from white culture, the Going into a movie in which there are three very powerful, very different black female characters. Mm-hmm. There's his his sister. Well, who, four because of his mom. Oh, too. and his mom. Yeah. That's, that's true. Uh, we didn't. I didn't mention his sister. His sister's probably a seven. Yeah. I put her as a seven as well. The um, dream. Yeah. There you go. Um, so she's more heady, technological, very adventurous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Okoye obviously is that warrior yeah. personality. And then there's, uh, Nakia who is, is it his fiance or his wife? Do they get, uh, we don't see them get married. Okay. Black uh, Panther two is coming up. Yeah. That's what's going yeah. <laughs> to happen. I don't know that I could type her yet. I thought that was such a great take to say here, you know, anyway, the, it's unfortunate that in movie culture that oftentimes you might just refer to a movie and say, well, this was the black female character. Right. And they had such um, fantastic variety of personalities there. And anyway, I I thought the Koye character was so great. Her action scene of jumping on the car in the middle, I thought was one of the best of the, the whole series. Yeah. I don't have any quotes from her though. <laughs> I ran out. Eight was my the, very last the number. Scene Eight and nine. where uh, Nakia is trying to convince her to, after um, Killmonger throws T'Challa off the waterfall, and Nakia yeah. approaches her and she says, that, and like Nakia is trying to convince her to to essentially run away and overthrow the throne, 
overthrow Killmonger. The the way that she is is coming and saying, "I serve that throne." It doesn't matter who's on yeah. it. That's the thing that I'm doing. There's a sickness there, but there's also a, a power and yep. a, like I have made an oath, and I am not going to break that oath. Eights mm. have a loyalty yeah. to them that is really yeah. profound. Yeah. It's it you know it's not just sixes that uh, are the are the only ones who are loyal to something. Right, right. Um, and like, look at, look at the way that plays out in her character. Like she is not loyal to her husband. She is not loyal to T'Challa. She's mm. not loyal to Killmonger. She's loyal to the throne of Wakanda. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, did you want to say anything about Captain Marvel as an eight? I don't have any, Quotes off the top of my head, but I. If you watch the movie, it's obvious. Yeah, it, she's in charge. She's, she's when, not gonna. Nobody's gonna tell her what to do. Okay, so uh, moving to nine. I think we have the same nine. Then I doubt that Hulk isn't a one in your. <laughs> Hulk is such a. Okay. he's like so. The perfect nine. This is. Do tell us why Hulk is a nine and not an eight. Because. Okay, there's two parts to this. There's Bruce Banner, and then there's the Hulk. Wait a second. Hulk isn't just one person? No. Hulk is two parts (laughs) of one entity, and Bruce Banner spends his whole existence trying to maintain the peace. All he's trying to do is keep things calm. And Hulk is un bridled rage now of course this is this is something that's super important for folks to know about nines is that you have an angry side yep and if i if i recall listening to the around the circle podcast in the past it comes out very badly yeah <laughs> and you don't know it how to do anger out of us inappropriately so it might destroy things say if and say Hulk if that was elevated smash. through us <laughs> Like he has no control. Yeah. It's not discriminatory. It's just smash. Like the uh the the movie with Edward Norton. He breaks Harlem. <laughs> right. Uh like he just when his anger comes out, it is pure fire. My favorite scenes of any of the Hulk ones are in that first movie mm-hmm. with with Ed Norton, mm-hmm. which I think is just tragically underrated. Yeah. The the fight scene is silly. Everything else in that movie is actually gold. I love the the romance. I love that they start it in Brazil. I think that the the soda pop scene is incredible and him running through the streets of of Rio, mm-hmm. I think is it's gorgeous, and it's exactly what that character is. Yeah, they have they have withdrawn severely in order to maintain peace. Yep, and it's and it's it's embodied in in the storytelling. Yeah, and they pick that up in the Avengers. And the other best Banner scene, I think, is actually that opening one, which yeah. Banner is the doctor, and he's yeah. helping people yeah. in, an, in, in bringing, what, peace and comfort to people. Yeah. And yeah. He has seven PhDs, yeah. and he's in a tiny village curing malaria. That's what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the little girl says, hey, I need you to come help me. Yeah. And he goes outside of town, yeah. and that's when Black Widow has Widow's his first interaction with Natasha. And should have got paid up front, Banner. You know, for a man who's supposed to be avoiding stress, you picked a hell of a place to settle. Avoiding stress isn't the secret. Then what is it? Yoga. And then they they start talking, and then a bit later. But now we need you to come in. What if I say no? I'll persuade you. And what if the other guy says no? You've been more than a year without an incident. I don't think you want to break that streak. Well, I don't every time get what I want. And it's pure resignation. Yeah. 
Oh, it just, my heart, <laughs> watching Mark Ruffalo perfectly execute this. The withdraw in order to be in control mm-hmm. is all yep. over that character. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah. what the Hulk is, is um, the rage that is, that is lying deep within yep. under the surface, but yep. nines are body types that actually do have anger issues. Yeah. And I, I've spoken to a few nines about this, about um, part of why we do so much work to try and sort of control our anger is because when it comes out of us, yeah, it is so destructive because it's uncontrolled. And like I, I don't, I don't, I don't deal with a lot of shame in my life because that's not a thing <laughs> that I worry about. But like I think about some of the times in my life where my anger has come out of me, and it's, I am so ashamed of how I behaved in mm. those situations, and mm. looking at the way Banner has to deal with the destruction that Hulk executes that's what it is right yeah Yeah. there is a video that i watched uh there's a stellar series and these are done by a handful of different um video essayists called one marvelous scene there's all these different folks on youtube who are picking their favorite marvel scene and just doing a video essay on it Mm -hmm. and so there's like 40 people who have contributed now and one person put forth the scene at the end of the Avengers um, as not only his favorite scene, but he thinks it's the most important scene in all of the movies. And it's when Captain America turns to Banner, who is just ridden in on a motorcycle. Yeah. And he sees him and... Dr. Banner, now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. So good. Now, it's, do you resonate with that uh, mindset, heart set? Is that you? I absolutely do. Okay. Uh, this is the my my nineness. This has been one of the things that constantly causes me to question it. It's because nines are asleep to their anger. Yeah. That's the way we teach that. Uh-huh. I am aware that I'm always angry. <laughs> like there's like it's it's just lava under the surface. That's 100% there all the time and like traffic and not getting my way and people doing dumb things that like, this is why we don't have nice things. <laughs> it's like, it's always there. And that like realizing Hulk was a nine was like, Oh, Oh, that's, that's why I love the Hulk. <laughs> that's why. Okay. I am so attracted to nine personalities. That a lot of my friends are, or nines, but I remember watching the TV show back mm-hmm. in the day. I don't yeah. know if you ever watched this with yeah, Bill Bigsby. Yeah. The melancholy, dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I remember that show always breaking my heart because mm-hmm. of his posture towards the world. Yeah. And I'm afraid of drowning. I didn't sure. say that in our fear podcast, <laughs> but I'm also afraid of drowning. There, I, I vividly have memories of when I was like six watching one of those episodes in which Bruce Banner was chained up and thrown yeah. into a lake. Sure. Um, and when he got angry mm-hmm. and broke the chains and saved the the girl and yeah. beat up all the guys, I remember that being like, I remember thinking that's some of me because mm-hmm. I also have anger issues because I'm, I'm a one, but the, the line, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know how that works. Yeah. And I'm sure eights do as well. I said this in a previous podcast. And I need to, to I said that ones have a monopoly on anger. And obviously that was that's a that was that was missaid. Sure. Because this is the body triad. It has all of us have eights, nines, and ones are angry in different ways. Yeah. And they are um it's a, it's an emotion that propels so much of our motives and yeah. how we interact with the world. Yeah. Anyway, it's good to know about nines. Yep. Anything else, sir? Yeah, the other big thing that, that really solidified this for me was the, the scene with um, where Tony is trying to convince Banner to start Ultron. Go there. Because, uh, it, like, Tony is essentially pitching the worst idea ever. So you're going for artificial intelligence and you don't want to tell the team. Right. That's right. You know why? Because we don't have time for a city hall debate. 
I don't want to hear the man was not meant to meddle medley. I see a suit of armor around the world. Sounds like a cold world, Tony. And after a few minutes, Banner's on board because he merges. he merges. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> His character arc is in Avengers 1, he is withdrawing for, for security, mm-hmm. but brought into, he, he's, he's made to embody. Yeah. That's the, it's the move. It's like, oh, we need you to become active. Yeah. And that is his character arc yep. there. He does embody, and as you were saying, he's now part of the team, yeah. but things go badly, yep. and his anger comes out yep. in ways that don't work, mm-hmm. and he decides to leave the planet yeah. to avoid conflict. Yeah. And there's the nine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, things are so bad. I'm gonna get in a spaceship. And, go and this is else. this is the thing that points to the fear of separation. Yeah, talk about that. Because he he uh, at the end of Ultron, he's done so much damage, and like like he knows that Hulk is uncontrollable. He yeah. knows that at the slightest provocation, Hulk could do anything. Yeah. Because Hulk is unbridled anger. And and as a result of that, his feelings for Natasha yes. is what causes him to leave because he doesn't want to hurt her. Yeah. So he goes somewhere else. He withdraws severely is his character arc. Yeah. And now he's battling in a different sphere. And trying to find out who he is in some ways. Mm-hmm. But he's going to return. And when he returns, he's still the Hulk. But a new side of the Hulk comes out because Thanos rips him apart. Yeah. And then now the Green Hulk can't come out. The Green Hulk right. is actually withdrawing yeah. um, to stay safe. Yeah. Um. And all of that ends up being processed and processed and processed until, and this again becomes one of those places where there was a lot of pushback in terms of how Marvel did the Hulk in Endgame. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the Enneagram, I think they actually nailed yeah, it. absolutely. Because um, it is, there are lots of books and seminars and, and even some movies and uh, different things about how to control or manage your anger. Yes. And one of the things that I feel like nines need to learn is that, that we, we can't get better at it. Learning how to integrate it and deal with it is different from learning how to manage it. Riso says that uh, healthy nines are going to refuse to hide their aggression and ignore the problems till they become overwhelming. Yeah. Which be, which seems to be a common posture, even for mm. normally healthy nines. Yeah. But real healthy nines are going to do what with their anger that they know is there. Uh, they're going to learn healthy ways to, to let it out, to yeah. let it um, not fester, to not, to not develop into a problem. So what Banner does is he fully integrates with the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. It's it's allowing that part of yourself to come into yourself. Yep. Um, because we avoid anger in order to avoid conflict, but that's not real. Like, that's that's not, like, life just doesn't work that way. Yes. So avoiding our anger in order to satiate some kind of peace that we're seeking it's it's never going to actually have that effect nines can come across as as just the pacifying voice Mm -hmm. um but often can enable situations yeah um yeah though that spin on hulk i thought was so good yeah in terms of bringing in there's an embodiment there i'm gonna uh, you're you're showing through the banner character he is you know, he's identifying himself and all of his attributes and they're becoming one and yeah. he's integrated. That's what integrated means. Yep. You got other nines? I had Groot down, but my argument for him is pretty thin. Yeah. And all he ever says is, I am Groot. I am Groot. So, yeah. 
That that character strikes me as a nine also. The way he gets distracted mm. seems yeah. very nine-ish. <laughs> like he's it's it's not it's not childish. It's it's sort of like, oh, look at that butterfly and like like the the nine energy of like like entirely focused on the thing that's in front of me. Yeah. Um as a way of sort of satiating um it's our it's our narcotizing. Um, like, like I am zoned into the thing that's in front of me and I forget all of my other responsibilities. I, I forget yeah. it's, it's sloth is what it is. The teenage Groot playing the yep. handheld device. It's all he's doing all the time. Yeah. He never puts it down. Uh, which brings us to ones. The most obvious of all the Avengers. Obvious. And just <laughs> like we, I feel like we don't even have to talk about it. Because Captain America is the onest one one that has ever been. Real or fictional, Captain America is the embodiment of oneness. There's a dialogue between Rogers and Stark in Civil War in which... I don't mean to make things difficult. I know, because you're a very polite person. If I see a situation pointed south, I can't ignore it. Sometimes I wish I could. No, you don't. No, I don't. Sometimes, sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. <laughs> because that's all that that's about. It's yeah. about you want to be right. One of the better things, critiques of the one, comes mm-hmm. out of Spider-Man. When they're having the fight, Rogers says to uh, Peter Parker. Stark, tell you anything else? That you're wrong, you think you're right, that makes you dangerous. <laughs> I loved that line. So good. Over a one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it may be the case that you come across, well, of course, I'm. well, here's the thing. Captain America is a great character. He's a one, mm-hmm. and he's right, and he's doing the right thing, and that makes him always right, and so I don't see what the problem is with Captain America. Except for the sometimes when he's wrong. Except for sometimes when he's wrong. His story arc ends up being all over the place, actually, I think, in the MCU. Um, But it's because... Here's one of the the things about great storytelling is they understand his motive, Mm -hmm. that he does want to do the right thing. And out of that, they place him in situations that are going to be morally problematic. There's there's a lot of gray area in his world, and he doesn't know that. And especially taking him out of, I'm going to take you from this era and fast forward you 60 years and place you in a different era mm-hmm. where you don't understand the history, culture, and you have to navigate with your values in that space. Yeah. And the American flag doesn't mean the same thing anymore. Yeah. And how do you how do you navigate those those worlds? As a study on writing a character and being able to to showcase the system. Like, I'm not fully invested in everything, all the other different systems, but, like, the the way that we could showcase Captain America's oneness mm-hmm. throughout the course of these movies, when he comes out of the ice, the, the foreness that comes out of that yeah. is then is showcased there. And, like, his, his movement to being alone in the world yeah. is incredible incredibly showcased to to build on that the thinking repressed side of him ones twos and sixes are all thinking repressed and he has a really hard time getting his mind around things he reacts to his feelings yeah always yeah there you go yeah his resolution is that he finally gets to go enjoy his life yeah gets to move to that seven space in terms of the character arc that was one of the first things that popped for me, and I wrote it down everywhere when I first got into the Enneagram, was from Hurley and Dobson's book. And um, speaking of ones, um, they say this, healthy ones reject the illusion of their being responsible for everything running smoothly. They become free to focus creatively on personal goals and relationships. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to me to be the end point of his arc Yep, is he has done all the things that he was supposed to do duty wise, right wise. Yep. 
and is able to release yeah um and focus on personal goals and relationships which mm-hmm. is actually you know standing things for 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 ones to know yeah. that they don't know it's not about you it's not about you making the world better mm-hmm. it's about you asking yourself what's mine to do doing it and then you know being exceedingly open to fun joy relational development and ease and that actually can be really difficult yeah for those who have built their identity and self-worth on no no no, no. i accomplish the things Mm -hmm. i make things work Mm -hmm. um i do the things that are right yeah well and there's there's so much discussion within the course of his arc about who is does captain america get to enjoy his life outside of the service yeah like, is he just an interminable soldier? Yeah. There's a scene where he and Peggy Carter are in a ballroom. Mm-hmm. And it's a dream of some sort, yeah. I think. It's and, in uh, Age of Ultron. And she says, the war's over. We get to go home. Yeah. And he doesn't know what home is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There is something about finding. Well, I mean, there. I mean, shoot, that's that's a, a whole ton of stories of. What does it look like for you to go home? Right. Yeah. From Odysseus to the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or do you get to go home? What does that mean? Because mm. you know what, TJ? There's no place like home. <laughs> 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 so the other thing about Captain America is he's willing to say the cheesy ass line just like I do. Yeah. And, and yep. Yep. The the public service announcements that they have Chris Evans just doing. Just hysterical. <laughs> so, you got detention. Um, one of the things with his character arc ends up being he is fighting for the good. And the be- the best line about him and his motivations actually comes from the doctor, uh, Erskine, I want to say. Dr. Abraham Erskine. I represent the Strategic Scientific Reserve. He ends up saying something to the extent of, whatever happens tomorrow, you must promise me one thing. That you will stay who you are. Not a perfect soldier, but a good man. Yeah. We need to I found a list and we're going to go around the circle on this at some point, but it's ones settle for perfection. Mm-hmm. And what they really want is goodness. Yep. And all of the numbers, all the types have that uh, move of they settle for. Mm-hmm. But I loved that phrasing and it yeah. and obviously it just elevates that side of his personality, what you really want to be as a good man. Yeah. Well, then Steve Rogers was chosen into that role, not because of how awesome and powerful and Mm -hmm. like how strong of a soldier he was. He, he wasn't chosen because he was perfect. He was chosen because he was good. It's that, that's that super, he's the first superhero, the embodiment of character. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to say everything that's inside of this person is going to take physical form Yep. and it's going to showcase itself as strength. Yep. Um, one of the better lines about stance comes in Ultron where he has a monologue about what this battle with Ultron is going to look like. And he says, Ultron knows we're coming. Odds are we'll be riding into heavy fire. And that's what we signed up for. But the people of Sokovia, they didn't. So our priority is getting them out. All they want is to live their lives in peace. And that's not going to happen to So there's like this moral imperative. But here's the thing. But we can do our best to protect them. And we can get the job done. Ultron thinks we're monsters. That we're what's wrong with the world. We're what's wrong with the world. And he doesn't want to be corrupted. This isn't just about beating him. It's about whether he's right. And so he's going to showcase to all the world, to Ultron and, and the rest that he's good. He's going to do that through the way that they fight. Yeah. The means matter yep. as much as the ends yep. um, to him. And that's part of his, his character arc and journey. It's part of the Sokovia Accords, why he doesn't sign. Yeah. And then that becomes the moral dilemma. Yeah. And and as a, as a showcase of like 
Captain America is not always right. He doesn't tell Tony that he knows that Bucky killed his dad. Okay, so Tony holds out his heart in a profound way. Yeah. Where uh, Rogers wants to say something like, He's my friend. So was I. I And that's, I think, a huge move for a three. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. All of myself was out here for you. Yeah. And then they get in the fight. And the way the fight ends, I think it's embodying something else is, you know, Rogers has the shield. He leaves, lifts it up and he slams it into Tony's chest. Yeah. And there's that move and he moves away and then he leaves. And the bet, I think this is one of the best lines. And it's again, uh, Downey Jr. just crushing it where he's yelling at him. You don't deserve that shield. Yeah. My father made that shield. Yeah. And then Rogers drops the shield yeah. and he walks off. Yeah. Oh, and it's <laughs> and and the so the acknowledgement so so pointing to like one's being sort of portrayed as self righteous, but there's also that constant critic and that that clear sense of right and wrong, and that's pointed first and foremost at my own behavior for once. Mm. And Steve knows that like yes. I, this is not my shield anymore. Yeah, the the dynamics between those characters. This again, the long form storytelling is just exceptional yeah. all around on these char- these characters. They don't actually have the reconciling moment I thought they would. It's not like like they continue to be themselves mm-hmm. throughout, which I think is way more like real life. There's yeah. never a well, this is who I am, this is who you are kind of moment. Because it like Civil War sets up the difference between them is about the Sokovia Accords. Yeah, the actual falling out is about Bucky. Yeah, this is again uh, just a circle back around the the screen is so great here. I think there's a huge father issue going on here that mm. Steve Rogers is the only thing that's kind of similar to Tony's dad. Oh, like sure. They're from the same era. Yeah. Um, he's he has that per- Howard he has the is the one who teeth. made the the shield. Yeah, there's another one of the m- one marvelous scenes there about daddy issues. Mm-hmm. It is so good in terms of like here are all the father problems going on in yeah. the MCU from Captain America not having one to Spider Man doesn't have one to Tony obviously has to get his head around his own father and that is a big end game thing mm-hmm. to the Tony Stark Spider Man relationship to abusive fathers like yeah. Thanos. It's, yeah. it's just all over the place. It's really good. And uh, what Star Lord Star Lord has a mm-hmm. terrible father. Yeah. And has an adoptive father. Yondu. Yondu. Yeah. That guy just screams eight to me. I don't know if that's. I, I'm, yes. I'm just making a total guess yep. for no reason. But I would take just, eight. Yeah, just strikes me as that kind of guy. Um, I got a bunch of ones. Oh, I've got one more too. Oh, do you hear? Yeah, Ultron, the exact opposite of Captain Rogers, but for all the same reasons. Oh, okay. We'll go there. Yeah, because Ultron is completely certain. Of his own rightness, mm-hmm. and he is going to make. He is the next stage of evolution, yeah. and he is going to make humanity better. Screenwriters, we'll talk about this when we do our villains podcast. But ones, I think, are real easy to make into villains because oh, so all easy. you need to do is give them a principle that they're going to yep. destroy everyone. So Hitler's yep. probably a one. Make them principled, and yeah, yeah, that's and, it. Yeah, they're just going to kill everyone. Easy. Yeah, so. ones and eights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, what is his principle that he's fighting for? Makes him in. I mean, the the humanity is the old version. It's constant improvement. Every single version of the actual Ultron robot is a better version of the one before. Yeah, yeah. He's constantly improving himself. Vision is supposed to be him. Like it's supposed like he creates Vision the 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 body of vision mm-hmm. in order to be the best possible version of humanity. Mm. My other ones are Drax. He didn't okay. have. Cool. Um, and I put Nebula as a one, and I have uh, the Ancient One as a one. Okay. Ancient One, just to quickly 
go through and I had the wasp as a one okay for what what she reveals of her motivations they come across as kind of one-ish um the ancient one comes across as this mature teacher tolerant she's patient she's ethical she's composed present focused when she dies she has paused time you'd think after all this time I'd be ready but look at me stretching one moment out into a thousand just so that I can watch the snow and there's something about her that kind of just kind of exudes that and she obviously has that Obi-Wan Kenobi role and there's also something to be said there about the um so the the, the counter type one is less concerned about embodying the goodness that they're talking about, but, but sort of imposing it onto yeah. others. Yeah. And she takes her own energy from the dark dimension and hides that mm. it's for a good reason. Yeah. And like she, it is absolutely completely and totally unacceptable to do this because it is the wrong thing. I'm going to do it on the side and I hope nobody ever finds out because it's going to give me something that I can control, but you can't because you don't know what you're doing. Like there's, there's something about that. Um, what's it? The, the one to one subtype of the one that speaks there a little bit. It's more about the world out there than Mm -hmm. being made better. Yep. Is the is a more primary focus? Yeah, for the counter type. Yeah, yeah, but that betterment mm-hmm. focus is certainly there, and that's why she's a great teacher. Yeah, and and, and clearly reactive. Ooh. Like she's yeah, she's not that. aggressive. Oh, true. She's not withdrawn. Yeah, yeah. She's reactive to the energy that's in front of her. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Nebula is a punt. Did you do a yep. one? Uh, what did you say? Nebula was counterphobic six. Oh, there you go. Okay. And then I had Drax yeah. as a one. And you you said you had no Drax. Uh, I initially thought eight, possibly seven. And I think he's a maybe an eight. Yeah. he's He goes back and forth to me. Anything else wrapping up uh, on typing? No, I think you covered everything that I need to say. Yeah. Do it all. Hold it all loosely. Don't forget, hold it all loosely. We don't know other people's motivations. On the flip side, and I say this without hesitation, there's been nothing that's made my relationships more alive, fertile, and enjoyable than uh, bantering with people who know their type and we can talk about what motivates us. And when we inevitably have problems, being able to push into why are you doing this? Why am I doing this? And being able to just name those and expose those has been deeply healing and helpful in just navigating how things work. So three quick things. We're going to be releasing new episodes about once a month or so. Uh, You can find all the links to all of our stuff at aroundthecircle.org. Our other podcast is called the Around the Circle Podcast. Or if you don't know your type yet, you want to see some of our basic stuff we have another podcast feed called start here which is worth hitting and uh of course if you like this podcast give us some stars or a review on the itunes that's always appreciated and that's what i got you got anything else tj we got nothing man it's tj wilson it's officially awesome i'm jeff cook who you aren't isn't interesting we'll see you next time we're all part of one big family the human family, and we all come together in the body of Marvel. And you, you're part of that family. You're part of the Marvel universe that moves ever upward and onward to greater glory. In other words, Excelsior. Excelsior.